Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. However you may be listening, welcome to another edition of The Sports Rival. After a one-week break, because one of us, and it wasn't Ernie, had COVID, and I was out for a bit, we are back just in time to discuss the first two games of the NBA Finals featuring Ernie's Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. So game two just ended, Ernie. Mm -hmm. Golden State evens out the series. But as a Celtic fan, you got to feel very good about where you're at after the first two games. I am. I mean, it was it, it was a it was a it was disappointing to to watch today's second game, but they, they did as planned. I mean, uh, I, I kind of Boston the Boston Celtics uh, are eight and two on the road in this playoffs. I mean, eight and two on the road. I mean, that's. That's basically how they got to the finals. So you know, I full on expected when they were seven and two coming into to this series that they would take at least one of the the you know the the road games. Now I didn't think it would be game one. I actually thought it was going to be game two, but I'll take it. Even though they you know uh, even though Golden State had their bounce back game, which I was fully on expected. I don't know how the line was only four. Uh, points, you know, in Golden State's favor. I thought it was going to be more like seven or eight, you know, just looking at basically how Boston responds to games. They win, they lose, they win, they lose, they win, they lose. And then somewhere down the line, they win, actually win two games in a row and they win the series. Their last two series were seven game series. And I, uh, you know, I expected this series to go six or seven myself. Yeah, I would think so. So let's let's talk a little bit about game one, because I thought game one, Golden State had that game relatively under control through the first three quarters. Uh, they took a 12 point lead going into the fourth quarter and then Boston put on a display in that fourth quarter that had to have been one of the best quarters of basketball in NBA Finals history. I mm. mean, it was remarkable. They went, they outscored Golden State 40-16. to 16. They went from 12 down to as much as 16 points up. Um, and it was everybody. I mean, Jason Tatum did not shoot the ball well in Game 1, but I thought he played well. He mm -hmm. had 13 assists. He was mm -hmm. facilitating things. Uh, and then everybody got hot at the same time. Started with Jalen Brown's two right. threes. Horford hit three threes. Uh, Marcus Smart hit two, um, an incredible performance by Boston in that fourth quarter. Oh yeah! At, at the end of that game, I thought Golden State could be in real trouble here. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Being that Jason Tatum had that terrible game, you would figure that okay, advantage for Boston there. But you know what? That felt that they basically played what what how how Boston played for the entirety of this game. I think they got. Way too comfortable, Golden State. That that is when they got that you know built that big lead in the third quarter, and Boston towards the ending of that third quarter uh, really started uh, making ground up. Uh, like you said, with uh, you know Jalen Brown uh, going off with those two threes, uh, they didn't defend Boston at all. I mean, a lot of those threes were basically open. They were they they were warm up threes, you know. So. Uh, something went awry as far as you know, uh, Golden State trying to put their 
you know, their foot on Boston's <clears> neck <throat> to close out that game because they, they did. They had that well in hand. But now, you know the, what? I, but Boston shot the ball well pretty much all game. They like, did. As, as Curry has 21 points in the first quarter, and they're only up by four points yeah, because but, Boston was shooting well the whole game. Oh, yeah, but Curry, uh, that, that's when Boston turned the corner as far as Curry was concerned. Curry only had 30 points from then on after the first quarter. So they shut it down. I think the big difference on that third quarter, why... Why Golden State uh, was able to build that lead was basically offensive rebounds. I mean, I think they had five or six second chance points, and they put them all back in. I mean that. I mean when you when you have that, you know, when you when you can't rebound the ball. I mean, basically that's how they built. I mean, I think they they went into that quarter uh, to the fourth quarter, twelve down. Ten of them were basically off of offensive rebounds, and then today. The reverse, kind of. I mean, Boston starts out same. Like, they're yeah. red hot again. They're 5 for yeah. 5. And then they cooled off. Jalen Brown started off, you know, red hot. Uh, and then Tatum was hot from 3, although his shooting percentage was, was down. Um, but for Golden State, and this is where I think there's a concern, Curry is the only reliable offensive player. He had 34 points in Game 1. He had 29 points today through 3 quarters. He didn't have to play the 4th quarter today. Clay Thompson has been a mess for the first two games shooting-wise. And Jordan Poole, until that third quarter stretch where he hit the three and then the half-court three and then a couple more threes in the fourth quarter, other than that short window, he's been a disaster. Defensively, they're exploiting him. He's turning the ball right. over. He had been relegated to the bench until right before the third quarter. Um, Wiggins was missing layups. Draymond was horrendous in game one. Golden State's is nor they're a good defensive team but they're well known for their offense their right. offense is not clicking right now and if it becomes only curry you could see how exhausted he was in the third quarter mm-hmm. if he has to carry them for six or seven games i like the young legs of the boston celtics yeah and it comes down to the yips i think uh you know those early <laughs> blocks by rob williams you know daniel tice uh al horford had a couple of blocks in there uh i think that got into the heads of the golden state warriors i mean look how many uh, shots at the basket inside the paint that they miss routine buddy shots that cranged off the board that should have been you know relatively easy shots i was i was really surprised but you know that's what happens when uh you know you have that rim protection up there i mean boston did that well i think the their fault in today's game wasn't there really their defense overall it was basically you know turning the ball over uh and I'll, I'll give credit to Golden State on top of that, but 15 steals from Golden State. Yeah. I, I think Golden State definitely played better defense. There was no wide open looks like there were the other days for anyone. I mean, they, they hit some shots, Boston, especially early, but they weren't wide open looks. They did play better defense, but I think Boston played a little bit more carelessly as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when Tatum was not hitting his shots in game one, he was facilitating better. He was more in the control, in my opinion. This time when he started hitting or he started to take it to the hole, that's when he was turning the ball over. He was trying to over-penetrate and he was throwing some things and it was going right back the other direction. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's another three-day wait before Game 3 in Boston on Wednesday. It'll be very, very interesting to see. Based on what you talk about, the Boston Celtic not losing two games in a row mm-hmm. so far in 2022, um, I would expect Boston to come out and win game three. Yeah, I would expect the same thing. I mean, but 
Boston, now how well Boston has p- played on the on the road, uh, they're one game above 500 at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're seven and two coming into the finals on the on the road and five and four five at and home. Four. I mean, just who would have thunk it? Um, that's just that's just so weird. But then Golden State was nine and zero at home, and Boston took care of that in Game One. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I still expect it to be a long series, mm-hmm. but I think Game Three is not that critical. But Game Four is. If anyone goes and wins the next two, they're going to have a prohibitive advantage. Well, definitely. But I would expect probably another split. Maybe I, I, that, you that, know, I would think I'm Boston expecting. will win three. Golden State may win four, and then it's going to be a, a battle of attrition yeah. as, as we go forward. But Golden State needs help. If Poole continues to struggle, if Clay continues to struggle, somebody else is going to have to come up big. Um, Boston seems to have more people that are capable at this time mm-hmm. of stepping up. They have big games out of Smart, huge game out of Horford. Grant Williams, you know, can shoot. Pritchard hit key shots in D. the, White. In the, the D. last time. D. D. Derek White. Derek White's has, been unconscious since his baby was yeah. born. I mean, he's been brilliant since then. Yeah. Three games against my... Two of the three games after his baby was born, he's been playing lights out. I mean, he's been... He's been but today... He had even he had the yips today. I mean, he started off well, like you mm-hmm. said, but he finished in a t- he he burned out today. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about this off the air. I was telling Ernie that I was surprised that uh, Imi Udoka left his starters on the bench the entire fourth quarter because yeah. I think they're young enough that I would have played Brown, I would have played Tatum, if for no other reason than to force Golden State to play Curry. I thought Curry was winded by the end of the third quarter. I would have forced. Steve Kerr's hand uh, to bring him back in, but it didn't happen. Now everyone will be rested heading into game three. So it's a good finals. I thought game one was a very exciting game because everyone was making shots. Golden State was making shots early and then Boston just took it to them. It was like an onslaught in the fourth quarter, but it was well-played basketball. Today was a little uglier. Um, but if you're a Golden State fan, today was probably a prettier outcome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But as a Boston fan, I'm sure game one was. So now we're 1-1. It's how it should be. It's the finals. I didn't want to sweep either way. Yeah. And I think we're, we're headed for at least a six or seven game series. Oh, yeah. At the, at the very... I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I mean, I picked Boston in six. I might change that to seven depending on what happens at, the, at Boston. You know, if... Uh, like I said... Boston will be leading by 15, and they'll just give away a game. I, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll take that. Unless they prove otherwise, I still think the experience factor for Golden State. Now, we're, I mean, we're talking about their big three. Not all Golden State has that experience, but you know, when you're talking uh, Steph, Clay, and uh, Draymond, you know, mm-hmm. that that's all you need. That's all you need. And I, like I, like I told you off the air, Draymond today. Draymond today, even though he didn't really have great statistical day, he lit the fire. He he was a pest, and I like Draymond. Draymond is my favorite player off of Golden State, and go- my family is from Golden State. So without this series, Golden State is my second favorite team in the NBA. So I hated Draymond today because all the little he was poking and being a pest and doing doing all the little stuff to irritate the Boston Celtics. And Jalen Brown bit on it. Bit on it. Don't tell me when he had that, when, when he fell on Jalen Brown, when his legs went on top of Jalen, that that was, that was on purpose. <laughs> and he did it to a point where it's not a foul, 
but it's going to irritate you. And he just does that. So, you know, my hat's off to Draymond because he does the little stuff like that to play head games. He's the Marcus Smart of the Golden State Warriors. I mean, imagine if those two were on the same team. It'd be a (laughs) nightmare. And Patrick Beverly. (laughs) Oh, my. There'd be no points scored. But, man, you wouldn't be able to score on them. And you'd probably all get kicked out with all the frustration that those three. So, so gang, finals goes to game three on Wednesday night in Boston. So, Ernie, let's talk a little bit about the all-NBA teams. It's been a couple of weeks. This came out more more than a couple of weeks ago. And I think the first thing is that Joel Embiid making the second team because only one center is allowed on the first team just seemed wrong. Yeah. I mean, he was second in the MVP. We spent a lot of time talking about that a few weeks back. Um, but Adam Silver comes out this week. Looks like they're going to redo it where they're talking about just having the 15 best players regardless of position. Your thoughts on that? I, I agree 100%. Especially in today's NBA, yeah, right? I agree. I agree. I, I think it's it's positionless right now. I mean, uh, you know, let's look at Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart can guard one to five. So why should he be put in a specific position? And he's not the only one. We've got a lot of hybrid players out there that, uh, you know, especially with the switching defense, you know, the uh, Golden State's motion offense where, you know, you it, it just there's just constant movement. You're not in one place to actually receive a ball to create plays and everything. It's positionless, positionless basketball right now. So... Uh, yeah, I'm glad that he made that decision, you know, and like we argued two weeks ago, how can they leave off Joel Embiid? Yeah, I, and I'm sure I, I'm sure people were trying to find a way because technically you could vote for Jokic or Embiid uh, at forward, but I don't think you could vote for them at center and forward. Exactly, so exactly. it becomes a situation where you're outguessing yourself, so you kind of vote for, for who you thought. So I'm glad they're going to go this way as well. Yeah. I hope... For me, I still hope that they institute some form of minimum games played to be eligible for the all-NBA teams as well. I, I mean, I, I, I hope they, they do that. I know that that's been mentioned. I hope they tie that in. To me, if you can't play, you know, 75% of the games, you're not all-NBA because yeah. you're not available yeah. for one-fourth of the season. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw people who were relegated, normally who were on the number one team that actually were relegated to second uh, team All NBA or third team All NBA, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. Like Kevin Durant yeah. made the second team, the lack and LeBron of, made the third team, exactly. averaging thirty points. But you know what? That's where he deserved yeah. to be because he missed so much time. Exactly. So I wanted to get your thoughts because your your man Jason Tatum did make his first All NBA first team. Did uh, he deserve it? He deserved it based upon the criteria right now. But he would have been from points. He would have been the sixth person, so the odd man out. And, and then I, Joel Embiid would have taken exactly. his spot. And, and, I w- and you know what? I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, and Jason Tatum, when he, when he found out, he actually went on, on, po- on his post-game interview and said the exact same thing. He said it sh- there shouldn't be positions on top of this. He so, said he, so, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, because Jason Tatum did did say that, and Devin Booker would be another one that may be questionable. If you had to pick your All NBA, and and I didn't give Ernie a chance, I just ad libbing here. Who would have been your five guys on that first team, I regardless of position? I would have switched easily. I mean, it's it's easily. I, I would have just switched Embiid for Tatum. Oh, so Booker would have still made Bo- it ahead of Tatum. Bo- Booker, just by the fact that they, the Boston Celtics. Had a terrific 2022, but all NBA starts from 2021, 
and he didn't have no one on the that was the very reason why uh Jalen Brown did not make the all-star team yeah that's true I mean you're true there but for me and I like Phoenix and I like D book I would have had Tatum over Booker for the reason their their points were around the same but Tatum is a significantly better defender than Devin yeah. Booker is. Yeah. So I'll, he's much more of a two-way player. But 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 to counter that, I mean, you're talking about the league's number one. Yeah, and that's what it is. The team, you know, that's what it is. The team so. out there. I mean, I, I mean, let's look at the all. Let's look at the all-star. Jalen Brown did not make the all-star game. Uh, Wiggins did. Jalen Brown scored six more points and was better on defense than Wiggins. But but Wiggins was voted in though, so that's the fans' fault yeah, for doing but, that. But but, but it, it's it it's 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 still the to me it's still the fact that Golden State started out so strong. Yeah, started out so strong, and Boston started out so poor. I think at the time of the All Star break, they were at five hundred. They were at, just at, getting yeah, ready to just, pounce. <laughs> exactly, and and, yeah. and 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 I I thought that was I thought that was fair. I had no qualms over. Jalen Brown not making it so uh, you know even though it involves Celtics I I am not the type of fan that says you know just give it to me because that's that's my I, I want to earn it I, I I don't not that I play on top of that but I want the Boston Celtics to earn it you know I don't I, I I'm the type of guy that you know if a referee decided a game uh I don't feel good I don't yeah, uh, yeah. I just it, they got it's got to be earned <laughs> all right so that's that's Enough NBA talk for now, although my Lakers, I have to mention this because it has been a couple of weeks, yep. did hire Darvin Ham. Uh, very impressed by the fact that the Lakers didn't do the stupid thing right now. And they actually went with somebody that they hopefully can build back with over a period of time. Now what's curious is going to be who will Darvin Ham have to work with? It seems like Russell Westbrook is stuck in L.A., yeah. that they're not going to be able to get rid of him. I still prefer them to trade LeBron and A.D. if they can get some or A.D. if they can get some kind of assets back. A uh, lot of talk about A.D. for Kyrie. Uh, I'm not sure I'm feeling that one wow. per se. Um but AD for Kevin Durant, I'd take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that won't happen. And then another shocker, just, just today again, Quinn, Quinn Snyder Quinn resigns Snyder. from the Utah Jazz, which seems very weird, the timing, because I know early on the Lakers had expressed some interest in him. Now that they've gone in another direction, he resigns. There's no obvious positions available for him. Curious to see, one, where he goes, and two, what the impact is, because... Donovan Mitchell was not happy by today's news. No, and I think this is just the smoke before the fire erupts. I think this is just the first, uh, you know, first little thing, not first little thing, but first thing that happens before the shakeup comes. I believe there's going to be a shakeup. I truly don't think, you know, being that Donovan Mitchell was surprised, I don't think he's going to be the shakeup. I think it's going to be Rudy Gobert. I think it's going to be a number of things. This is typical Danny Ainge. Yep. Danny Ainge is in there right now. And he's he's creating some things. And and I think I think what Quinn Snyder s- said, that it's kind of the Brad Stevens thing, that he thought this team needed a different voice to get them to excel. Similar to what apparently Imi Udoka was able to do right. with this group of Boston right. Celtics. So we'll see um, the reaction. We'll see if this is the first um, 
you know, nailed to fall or, or if this is going to be it. And then who will they bring in? I, I'm curious to see. But Danny Ainge is really taking ownership of this team right now from the front office. He is. And if Utah gets a steal, I wouldn't be surprised because that's what he does. He's, he's going to find a deal. He's gonna, someone's going to overpay for Gobert or uh, a combination of Gobert and other pieces of the assets in the Utah Jazz. And I think Utah is going to, you know... I think they're going to reap the benefits out of this. I, mean, I don't put that past Danny Ainge. I mean, he, he did for so many years with the Boston Celtics. He, he didn't draft very well, but when he made deals and trades, he normally won those. Well, he drafted pretty well. I mean, you've got Tatum, <laughs> who the Lakers could have had, but we took Lonzo. you got Jalen Brown, well, who I don't think people thought too highly of. Marcus Smart. Yeah, but um, all, but all, he does. He was always known to be the trade ten, demon. Yeah. You don't want to deal yeah. with him. Yeah, I mean, they're all... T- I'll, I'll give him credit for that, especially for Jalen Brown. But they were all top top 10. I mean, Well, how about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell for Anthony Davis? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or reuniting LeBron James with Dwayne Wade and bringing on you know, Donovan Mitchell. And, uh, anyway, Laker fans, I'm trying here. Because Darvin Ham could be the greatest coach ever. But if we start this year with the same team that we ended last year with, the results are not going to be any different unless Anthony Davis miraculously plays 75 games, uh, which hasn't happened in our lifetime almost. I don't think it's ever happened that he's played that many games. So anyway, that's all the NBA talk for today. A lot have happened in the last two weeks. Ernie's team is still playing. Congratulations to him. Um, but let's shift gears. You know, we're going to talk a little bit of the NFL. We wanted to do something fun, a little bit different. We're going to play a game of would you pay up? There are some big name NFL stars out there that are either up for a new contract now or they should be in the next year or so. So we're going to go through a name, about six names. And we're going to we're going to tell you if we would pay them. Uh, and I want to see how many times Ernie and I agree or disagree. We're going to start with somebody in your AFC North, okay. Lamar Jackson. The Ravens, would you pay Lamar Jackson now? You don't have to pay him now. Right. But would you pay him? And if you would, what do you think he deserves? Does he deserve Mahomes' A-Rod money? No. What would you do with Lamar Jackson? I would try to get him on some type of extension. And the only reason being is that we've seen a lot of quarterbacks uh, that, you know, have his style of play. I mean, uh, to one extreme, let's go RG3. You know, those mobile quarterbacks who had good arms. And one big injury basically derails, uh, you know, their their type of thing. So he's, he's, a, he's a hit and miss because you take away his mobility – he is not worth. He is, I'm sorry. He is not. I mean, I'm not saying this as a as a Steeler fan. He is as as a pure pocket passer. He he's he's not worth that big time money. So I I mean, it would be if you're gonna pay me, I, I would put a lot of incentives on top of there that that he he plays this many games. Uh, he's gonna demand for a lot, and if it comes down to free agency and another team actually. Uh, you know, wants to take a chance on, you know, him weathering the storm and becoming a consistent quarterback. Uh, I don't know how much the Ravens are going to actually, you know, say, 
are going to match that contract. I mean, it's it, it's going to be a really tough decision. But too many more quarterbacks in this league that are like him have come crashing down for me to really be comfortable. Because, folks, the quarterback is the number one position that takes up the most of your cap space. And... Uh, it's very debilitating if you pay the guy and he uh, you you'll cripple your team for at least the season. It's not like the NBA where it's guaranteed uh, where it's guaranteed, you know. So you know you get to recover sooner than later as opposed to you know the National Basketball League. But it still debilitates you. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I would not pay Lamar Jackson. I would not extend him. With a mega contract Mm-mm. like the Patrick Mahomes or the Dak Prescotts, even uh, I don't, I wouldn't have done Dak Prescott, you know, in the first place. But I certainly wouldn't have done Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar's success is predicated on the fact that they could surround him with a solid team, a great offensive line, a great running game to utilize his talents. As he goes on, inevitably his running ability is going to be compromised at some point Mm -hmm. or his ability to be an effective passer which is what you definitely are going to need to win a Super Bowl is going to be in question with Lamar I would play out his contract I would franchise him year after year until I had to and then I would either try to trade him or I would let him walk but that way I would have three more years of Lamar and God willing, he's healthy, his passing gets better, and he shows that he, he can be an effective traditional quarterback, which is what you would need for longevity's sake, then I would extend him then. But for now, nope, I would play out his string this year, I would franchise him for two years um, until I'm sure that I want to invest that kind of money in him. Because my fear, like you, is that you know, four years from now, he's going to be a completely different quarterback mm-hmm. when he's mm-hmm. not running for a thousand, you know, yards a year. Right. And if he is, he, the amount of hits he's going to take is not going to be worth it. So I'm with you. I would not give him a mega deal right now. Yeah. I know we're in the minority because if you listen to the, the sports prognosticators out there, all the talk radio hosts are like, you got to pay him. You got to pay him. He wins. You got to pay him. But these guys want to pay everybody. They do. I mean, they want to pay everybody. So... For Lamar, you're saying you wouldn't pay him a mega deal if they can get him on the cheap, then it makes sense to extend him. I say let him play out his contract and franchise him for two years and then see if he's changed enough or evolved enough to make a long-term contract worth it. But neither of us, I think, would be jumping in with a mega deal at this point. Yeah, I mean, not, not, I mean, if it's going to be Patrick Mahomes' money, no. 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 And because we've seen what has happened. I mean, Patrick Mahomes maybe is, is going to be an outlier. Maybe. We don't know that. Patrick Mahomes won his title before his mega contract, which now kicked in. Um, Russell Wilson won his Super Bowl on his third round rookie deal. Once he made big bucks, the Seattle Seahawks never won again. It's very, very difficult if your name is not Tom Brady to win Super Bowls and he sacrificed money, you know, all the time in order to make it. Aaron Rodgers wants to be the highest paid quarterback and he is. He's been to one Super Bowl, you know, so yeah. it, there's a way to do certain things and it really doesn't seem like paying mega money for your quarterback is the way to go. That brings me to number two, Kyler Murray. He's only been in the league for three years. They have two more years with Kyler Murray before they would have to up him. 
Would you extend Kyler Murray right now after his first three years when you have two more years before you'd have to? No, just for the fact that there's <clears throat> turmoil in the locker room right now. I mean, I mean that to me, that's the that's one of the bigger reasons. Uh, I don't think that Kyler Murray is a running quarterback and he does extend plays in, 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 in that manner. Uh, I don't think he's a Lamar Jackson type of guy uh, as far as his running style is concerned. So I don't really look at him, uh, the injury part. I, I would put that on, even though it is it is prevalent, I don't think it's as prevalent as a Lamar Jackson style. But boy, I mean, I, I, if you listen to the podcast early last year, I mean, Kyler Murray was, he was high on my list and so were the... So were the Cardinals. And then as that season drew on, I mean, uh, something was definitely awry. And, and, you know, it came out during the, uh, you know, latter part of the season and into the offseason, the struggles that they were having inside of that locker room. And that has to be taken care of first, in my opinion. Now, what happens as far as how that gets corrected, who knows what needs to be done on top of that. But... You know, you don't want it to be, I'm not, not to say that it's going to be uh, an Antonio Brown type of situation, but I've seen, you've seen quarterbacks, they, it, it is a diva position. I mean, they're going to ask for things and, uh, you know, up the yin-yang and try to gain control. Uh, you know, in Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger's case, I mean, it was, I mean, it, there, there was rumor that there were several coaches that were let go because, you know, it, it, he, they <clears> clashed. <throat> with him I think for Kyler Murray how talented he is right now I need to see at least a year or two of stability because the guy is a tremendous talent he is he's a tremendous talent but in this particular case I would not extend him um I believe he's a much better passer than Lamar Jackson so although although they're both use their legs I believe Kyler Murray is a much more talented thrower than Lamar Jackson is so from that perspective I would rather invest in terms of quarterback play in a Kyler Murray than a Lamar Jackson. But the two of them are completely different personalities. Lamar Jackson is a great leader, a hard worker. Kyler Murray, not to say he's not a hard worker, but he's very aloof. Uh, he, he certainly has personality quirks. It happened from before he was even drafted. Um, leadership for him, even Larry Fitzgerald, the greatest Arizona Cardinal in history, in my opinion, says that there is stuff that he has to learn to be a leader and to me you can't pay a quarterback 40 to 50 million dollars a year and not have them be the absolute face and leader of your football team that's just not going to work and in his case there is injury risk i mean his his first year he has gotten better statistically each year his first year he got hurt at the end of the year arizona faded his second year he got banged up at the end of the year but he only missed two games but he played hurt Arizona faded. This year, he got banged up. He missed a series of games. Arizona faded, and he was a no-show against the Rams in the playoffs. I think there's definite risk to Kyler Murray. So to extend him now, like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes at the end of three years, I think the risk of having it result in a positive like Josh Allen is not worth the more likely scenario, which is extending Jared Goff and Carson Wentz after their third year and have that come back and bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. I would not touch Kyler Murray. There's absolutely no reason to, to re-sign him now. 
to extend him. Now, I understand why he wants to do it because mm-hmm. he's small yeah. and he's always hurt. So he wants his money now. But if you're going to be a prudent football team with a sound business mind, you cannot extend Kyler Murray now and, and allocate too much of your salary cap to somebody who is not a leader and injury pro. I agree. So, I, I, I agree with that 100%. I wow, mean. we are on the same page. Okay, so now let's talk about the greatest player in the NFL <laughs> right now. Possibly in history of the NFL, but let's not get too carried away. Aaron Donald of my Los Angeles Rams. Ernie, I think you know where I'm going to stand on this. What would you do with, with Aaron Donald? I, I, I would pay him. There is no... Why? Even if he has three years left on his contract. Okay. Because well, we just signed him last year. Okay. Do you tear up that contract and extend him? If you... Okay. We're, 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 we're delving into uh, scenarios that... Because right now, he, he's not asking to be uh, paid, is he? He is. He is? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. He wants to be the highest paid defensive player. He was not happy that TJ Watt passed him and certainly not happy that others have passed him. TJ um, Watt is marginally, I think, I think from a year-by-year contract, Aaron Donald is still the highest paid. TJ Watt, I think, beats him on the total contract right now. Well, I, I mean, Aaron Donald is only going to make $16 million this year because of the way the contracts work out. So oh, okay. the, I, I, the, think, the, I think the key, like with, with the Aaron, the, I, I think he deserves it. I think he proved his worth. They won a Super Bowl. I think he certainly deserves to be $30 million a year. I, I would agree with that. So uh, if you want to do it and, and okay, I, I would come up to Aaron Donald and say, you want to be the highest paid? You are definitely deserving of such honor. I would give it to you, but it's going to come to a sacrifice of the long term. And if you ever get hurt, you're going to screw yourself over. Would you rather have long term? Well, I don't. He's got what three years? You said. Yeah, he still had. He still has that three year. But he's only getting paid sixty million dollars right this now. This year, give him the bonus. Restructure that contract. Right. Give him the bonus in that capacity. Rework that contract. Where if you're going to be paying him. Uh, who knows? He might take the same amount just in a different format where he gets more of that money up front now and maybe less later. And then he can, you know, complain again and possibly get the because the man's not slowing down. No, he's not. But here's the thing. Every, you guys all know I'm a huge Los Angeles Ram fan. I love Aaron Donald. I mean, to me, he's the best football player in the NFL. couple of problems with, with this contract situation. One... We want to win more Super Bowls. And if we allocate $30 million to him when we just gave $40 million to Stafford, and then we got to go give Cup now, who we have to negotiate $30 million because that's what Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill is getting. At the end of the day, we still got to field 50, 40, you know, 54 players and 48 on, on the active roster. That's one concern that I have. The second thing is Aaron Donald has made it clear that he could retire at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we extend him for four to five years, the chances of him getting to four to five years are virtually none. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of stuck with the salary cap hits uh, even into his retirement. So that's where I'm a little bit leery. I would tear up his contract and make him the highest paid defensive player this year. 
And if he comes back next year, I would redo his contract, make yeah. him the highest paid defensive player next year. Exactly. But to give him, say, $100 million up front and have that paralyze us for the next five years, oh, yeah. if Not he bad. were to walk away in a year or two, that would be crippling. And I would hope that he has... He always says this is a business, but I would hope that he has enough respect for the Rams. That if he does get this kind of a contract, he's making a commitment to play it out for the duration of the contract and I, not I, paralyze I, us I, uh, I, over I, a period I don't of time. Think, I don't think he has any commitment to that. I think, like you said, he's the best player. He should be paid as the best player, even within his own organization. If you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna pay Stafford that money, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be paying Cooper Cup that money. You pay me that money because I am the pillar of this franchise. I've been here the longest. I've been here with the most consistent years. You, I've committed to you, Los Angeles Rams. Why are they getting paid? You've paid me, but why are? Wh- why do I have to be the good teammate for the sake of you know uh, surrounding this team with other athletes? Well, Matthew Stafford took way less than he could have gotten. You know, the as well, of, he went under market value well, for his fact, extension. The, the fact of the matter is, he has more bank than me right now. I th- I think that's where it's coming into yeah. Aaron Donald's. Uh, yeah, but if Aaron Donald expects to make forty million dollars a year, then that's going to be a pro- then he can leave and go <laughs> to the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would love, yeah, it's but not at forty he's, million dollars. He's, uh, he's a he's. Then we may have to work out a TJ Watt for Aaron Donald he's, trade. He's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to a couple of 49ers. Let's start first with Debo Samuel. He was already making waves before oh the contracts goodness, hit thirty yeah. million dollars. Do you pay Debo Samuel thirty million dollars a year? No, I don't. Neither do. Neither would I. Neither no, would I, I. You know, we got to disagree on something. <laughs> we will. I, th- I think we will. See, with Debo Samuel, I, I think the, the, the problem is if he's going to pay, I mean, if he wants to play just wide receiver, then he's not worth yeah, $30 million exactly. a year. His value to the 49ers came from his ability to be everything for them. Exactly. Now, from his perspective, I get it. I don't want to put my body on the line as a as a running back when running backs burn out in three, four years. I want to play wide receiver where I can play for 10 years and make $25, $30 million a pop. I get that from his perspective. But if he's just going to be a wide receiver, I don't pay him like Tyreek Hill. No. I, I mean, I wouldn't. No. I mean, I don't, I'm 100% in agreement with you on top of that. I mean, he, he is a transcendent uh, type of player right now. Uh, you know what? The the closest you get to him in years past is I think Anquan Bolden. I mean, I don't even think he's close to what uh, Debo Samuel's is. Uh, a very unique player, but as far as pure wide receiver, I think he is a product of that system that they had, that scheme that they have in the uh, with the Forty ers And I don't think you get. I don't. It's not necessarily a guarantee that you go to another team and you produce the same way. I mean, the, the schematics are different. The way that they run their blocking schemes are different. Uh, I would, yeah, uh, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. He's not the, he is not the type of player right now that you would, you would have Super Bowl aspirations and you would build around him. 
Yeah, I mean, he was brilliant this year. I mean, he was. He was. He was. As a Ram, I know, because he killed the he, Ram. He was, he was. But he's been injured his whole career. He's been hurt every year. And that was before he started to be used as a running back. Is he a great pair? Yes. Do you pay him something? Yes. Do you pay him top of the market, Tyreek no. Hill? No. no, I don't do that if I'm the no. 49ers because the 49ers are going to have some hard decisions to make as well. If they're going to pay him that, what's going to be left for the Nick Bosa's of the world when exactly. his contract comes e- up e- next year? Exactly. You got to know, you got to put your priorities order on, on how this how this player actually fits this team. And if this if this person is just a cog in your system and he might be white he might be one of the biggest cogs in your system, you you pay him accordingly, but but he is not the type of player like I mentioned earlier that you put him in the system and then you complement him with other people. He's not that type of he, right now he hasn't proved to me on a consistent basis that, that he's that type of that type of player right now. Yeah, I get I get Debo. I get Debo asking for $30 million. I get Debo not wanting to play wide receiver and running back unless he gets his money. Um, me personally, I think the 49ers are better off letting him walk and investing in Nick Bosa because I think Nick Bosa is going to be much more relevant and pay bigger dividends for a longer period of time than Debo at this point in time. So now let's get into a couple of quarterbacks that are controversial, uh, maybe is, is the correct word. Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield. So the question doesn't become, would you pay them? Because they're already getting paid. The question becomes, do you want them? Let's start with Baker Mayfield. If you're a team like the Seahawks or the Saints, do you want Baker Mayfield? And if so, what would you give up? Or what would it take for you to bring them on? I mean, I think any team would want those guys. It's just a matter of what does his contract look like. In its current state, what is he getting? What, 17, 18, 18 million? dollars? I'll buy down. I want to buy down. I want Cleveland, Browns. I'll take them off your hands because you know what? You want to have two quarterbacks out there that take up that much salary cap? You're just killing yourself. But I'll take them off of your hands. But you pay part of that salary. I wouldn't want Baker Mayfield um, on my team unless I was sure. A couple of things. I was sure that he would be much better than the existing quarterback that we have. Okay. So maybe in Seattle, you know, Drew Locke is is, is the quarterback now. I think Baker with the DK Metcalfs and those guys would be a better fit there. And in New Orleans, I believe he's better than Jameis Winston, especially coming off an ACL. And apparently Jameis's ACL recovery is not going that well right now. In those two cases, I would take him for the right price, which would be pay at least half of his contract. Okay. And I'll give you a seven round pick. I would not give up a sizable asset, nor would I take on the $18 million. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be my thought for them. If I'm Cleveland, I would keep him, you know, to tell you the truth. Even as disruptive as he is, I think we have to err on the assumption that Deshaun Watson is going to be punished. And do you really want to start the season? Say he gets six games. hmm who is going to be your backup quarterback? Jacoby Brissett? I'm not sure if that's the one that they've settled on. Um, if you start off one and five, does the Sean Watson being there really matter? I mean, having Baker there pissed, motivated um, to do well, is that, knowing the system, is that a better situation for Cleveland 
than giving him up and having to pay his salary. Is it worth just doing that? Because if it is, if it, if you feel like it's worth trading him and picking up his salary, then you should just cut him. You should just let him walk uh, and, and, and clear him that way. But to me, they're better off keeping him on the roster. If Deshaun Watson does not get any kind of suspension, then maybe trade him or cut him at that point. But for now, you could really blow your season if you go 1-5 to start the year in a super hard division like they have. So that's kind of my thought on Baker. I wouldn't take him, period. But if I'm Cleveland, I don't think I don't think it's the assets in return are worth the risk of not having a quarterback if Deshaun Watson is okay. an extended we're, period of time. We're, I think we're talking two different things in regards to that because I, I really think if Baker Mayfield stays on the Cleveland Brown team, I think he does more bad than good. And there, and that's the risk. And, and I think that's where Cleveland is at right now. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, he's already pissed off. He knows the situation. Why am I going to win games for this particular organization when these when I'm obviously, you know, not good enough to, 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 to do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Because I think he has to be smart enough to see right now that the rest of the NFL is not in agreement it, with Baker it, exactly. in terms but, of but right his now, worth. Right now, it's pride for me. You know what? I'm, uh, it's pride for me. You got me under contract. I'm going to get my 17, 18 million no matter what. Get me off this effing team. You know, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. Do what you got to do. Get me off this team because I, I, I don't want to play. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if he's, if he's in camp. I'd only show up to camp if I'm Baker Mayfield just on the promise that, okay, I'm going to play some preseason games so other teams can take a look at me. And, right. and as soon as the regular season starts, I am not in that Brown uniform anymore. I mean, uh, well, But I think that would be ideal for the Browns because then they wouldn't have to pay him. I mean, if he walked off the team under contract and he doesn't show up, then, you know, it would they wouldn't have to pay him. But I think he'd be more likely to just show up and sulk and be a problem and try to raise uh, raise waves. So I think from from the perspective of would you want Baker Mayfield to be your quarterback? Would you want him as a stealer? As a backup. You would you would take I, him I, as a backup? I I I'd take him as I take him as a third string backup. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people who still believe he's definitely one of the top thirty-two quarterbacks he's, he's, in the in the NFL. There could. are some that he believe be. that he's still one of the top fifteen to twenty quarterbacks. Oh, no, I'm not sure I agree no, with that. No. Um, but again, it becomes a situation: is the life of Baker Mayfield worth the production? I just don't see it. I mean, like I said, if I'm the Saints, I roll the dice because the Saints division is so terrible this year other than Tampa Bay. I think that one is worth the risk um, if it doesn't. I mean, they have a horrible cap situation, so they'd have to Cleveland would have to eat the money. Um, I would take a risk there. I would take a risk in Seattle. Um but nowhere else. Yeah. I wouldn't want them on the Rams. I wouldn't even want them on your Steelers. I think they're better off with Pickett and Trubisky yeah, I, I, than I, bringing in Baker. Yeah, and I got I, I, I have a feeling that Cleveland is just going to blink first. I mean, they have just so much to lose. I mean, just the, the construct of that locker room. I mean, they, they got a lot of new players out there. Baker has been known to be a real good... I mean, even... Even with your wide receiver that jettisoned to the to, to, to the Rams, even though that there was some uh, you know rumor out there that they didn't get along, I heard they got along. Baker Mayfield is liked in that locker room, and he can be when you have that type of uh, ear 
uh, as far as your teammates are concerned, he could do a lot of damage. So I got a feeling that uh, the Cleveland management is going to have nothing better to do, not nothing better to do, but would be wise to just, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna pay down this contract and just get him out of here. They could. Or, or they could try to wait for somebody to blow out a new yeah, and in, you know what? In, in that's camp. That's and then, that's, that's then they very, have a little bit more and you leverage. Know, you're right because that is almost it's almost a certainty. That that it happens that every that year. Happens. And then and then Jimmy G. I mean Jimmy G is on contract for twenty eight million dollars for this year. Everyone and their mother expected him to be traded in the offseason, but his shoulder problem with the shoulder, he elects for surgery. Everybody's scared now. Who wants to trade for a quarterback coming off throwing shoulder surgery, making $28 million a year? So the question becomes twofold. San Francisco, do you still want to trade him? Yes or no? Or do you keep him as security for Trey Lance? And if you're an opposing team, do you want him, you know, for one year and $28 million? There's two parts to that, Ernie. So there is. would you want him? I would want him, but not at $28 million. If I'm another team, if I'm San Francisco, I, you know what? Lance is still on his rookie deal. I mean, and we, we got him. We, we have him there. I mean, why not just keep him at that I agree. I, I mean, to me, at this point in time, they have no reason to trade him because under, they're allocating under $40 million to the quarterback position, mm-hmm. under $35 million to the quarterback position. So there is no motivation to me to trade Jimmy G for for peanuts. Um, Is there a team out there? Like, I can't imagine them trading them to Seattle, like the Baker Mayfield thing. Um, But Garoppolo in in the New Orleans makes sense, but not for $28 And I don't think San Francisco is willing to eat any of Jimmy G's contract. Because if they were, they're better off keeping him as security. I think if Lance... Struggles out the gate, and it's looking like you know, based, based from OTAs and uh, minicamp, that uh, they are priming him for that position. But if if he does struggle, and Jimmy G comes out and starts performing uh, well again, uh, you're gonna get a lot of suitors because I think he is more marketable as far as uh, you know trade value to other teams more than Baker Mayfield is. Uh, from a definite, you know, he doesn't he doesn't carry the the, the same the, exactly the same stigma that uh, Baker May- Mayfield Mayfield does. And he's he's uh, very experienced. He's been in the playoffs. Uh, I would even look for him uh, a nice reunion, you know, with uh, with uh, New England out there. You know, if uh, Mr. Mac Jones, you know, doesn't improve upon his rookie campaign because. Mac Jones came out tearing. Then after week eight, week nine, uh, yeah. he, you know, that luster kind of got, kind of got scratched over there. Yep. I, I mean, I agree. I, I think at this point in time, I think I would rather have Garoppolo than Mayfield because I think Garoppolo has that leadership, the intangibles mm-hmm. that Baker doesn't quite have mastered right now. But for me, the 49ers, it makes sense to hold them. Uh, as security and then let him play out his contract because right now with an injured shoulder you're not going to get much for him anyway right so if you're going to get a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick is that really worth unless you want to just save the 28 million this year you have other plans for that which they could i mean they may want be able to allocate money elsewhere um to me it's that is a super bowl caliber team clearly could, so could be that- so it's worth keeping them for me yeah and i remember I- sometime last year that there were rumors out there that you could get us 
you can get a third round pick on top of his contract. Yeah. And now we're talking six or seven. Yeah, and I think the injury really changed everything. Yeah. I mean, now, now you're you're running the risk of that. So that was a fun game of would you pay him? Ernie is a is a banker by trade. I'm a businessman. You can tell we are because we don't want to pay anybody. <laughs> Nobody would we pay at this point in time, uh, other than Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron, and even even I have my doubts on how much to pay him for how much a period of time. But you have to be prudent. I think in today's day and age, you get so caught up and you have to pay. You have to pay. It's my turn. It's their turn. They have to be next. They have to be next. I think Dallas is going to regret the death. Prescott I, I do contract too. for the I next four to five years. And I think the Ravens and the Cardinals would regret extending Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray right now when they don't have to. So yeah. that's kind of our thoughts on that. And if Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, I think everybody who clamored about his big deal as the as the as the contract situations in regards to the NFL Players Association uh, goes into renegotiation, I think you're going to see that that was a steal. Yeah, and, and and he's an outlier too. I mean, but we have to see. He's got to win another one, you know. Yeah, and as he gets further along, it becomes much more difficult. Like having to trade Tyree Kill, true, and having to get rid of assets because your contract true. takes up so yeah. much space. And when you're a good team, everybody wants to get paid. My Rams are going to be in trouble. Because you can't pay everybody over a period of time. So it's like this year they got to try to back, go back to back before the team crumbles under under payroll. So we'll go with that. Speaking of money, Ernie, in my closing thought, I just want to talk about Forbes came out this week with the world's highest paid athletes. And I just want to go through the top 10 here real quick. Um, in America, football is so prominent. It is by far the most popular sport, the most popular entertainment thing it's number one for tv it's number it's the number one draw period yet there are no nfl players in the top 10 and i think in america there's there's more of an appreciation now for soccer players or the rest of the world calls football Football. players um, and they're all over the top five so the number one paid athlete for the last year was Lionel Messi. He made $130 million over the last year. $75 million from PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, is his salary. And then $55 million in outside business endorsements. Number two on the list, LeBron James. He made $121.2 million. 41.2 from the Lakers uh, via the NBA. And then $80 million in investments. Um, and endorsements. And LeBron, it also, Forbes also announced that LeBron James is the first athlete, active athlete, to be worth a billion dollars. So LeBron James is now a billionaire um, with the Los Angeles Lakers. Then we go back to soccer at number three, Cristiano Ronaldo, my cousin from Portugal, $115 million. Uh, He's earned $60 million in salary, $55 million in endorsements. And then Neymar, made 95 million an incredible 70 million dollars in salary from psg and 25 million um in endorsement so you take number one Lionel messi number four neymar they both play on the same soccer team paris saint germain between the two they made 145 million dollars this year makes aaron donald's 30 million dollar request seem like (laughs) pennies then number five it's steph curry 93 million dollars 46 million from the nba 47 million in endorsements 
Then it's Kevin Durant, 92 million, 42 million in salary, 50 million in endorsements. And then Roger Federer, tennis player. Roger made 91 million this year, Ernie. He made only $700,000 in tennis because he's been hurt for the whole year. $90 million in endorsements. The world's highest played endorsement athlete is uh, Roger Federer. And then you have Canelo Alvarez, a boxer at $90 million at number eight. Tom Brady at $84 million at number nine. Only $32 million in salary, $52 million in business interest. The only NFL player in the top 10. And then you have Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo at number 10 with 81 million, 40 million in salary, 41 million in endorsements. So taking a look at this list, Ernie, it's soccer players and basketball players that are making the most money. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of that has to do with endorsement, obviously. I think baseball, uh, that at one point, that was the money-making sport, you know, and I could remember... Uh, I mean, we're talking even Tatis a few seasons ago when he signed that uh, $340 million that, contract. That, that, that crazy deal over there. But it comes down to, it sounds like it comes down to worldwide. You know, it's just not, the United States is the United States, but the world is the world. I mean, we, 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 we have a paltry, what, 500 million people here, and then the world has 10 times that mm, yeah. over. Yeah. So, that that those numbers and I, you know for, and for a football player american football player to be on there i mean they'd have they have to be grossly over uh as far paid as far as endorsements because i don't think you you know just by the sheer number of games the less number of games that they played that you know that and the number of uh teammates that yeah. you have to be sharing in that revenue, it's going to be very difficult. And I think, like in Tom Brady's case, he made fifty-two million. A lot of that is his outside business yeah. interest. It's not even endorsements because yeah. I think the disadvantage that NFL players have is they they wear they wear they wear helmets, you know, so their faces are not as recognizable, true, true. you know, to to the masses. Like if I were to see T.J. Watt, you love T.J. Watt. But most people, other than his size, if you just look at his face, there's not a whole lot of people around the world that's going to be like, that's TJ Watt. Everybody will know that's Cristiano Ronaldo. That's LeBron James. That's Steph Curry. And I think that's one of the difference. When you have number 11 is Russell Westbrook. Number 12 is James Harden. These guys all have lucrative foot shoe deals that are not as prevalent. Like Nike's not going to give you $30 million dollars you know, a year to wear a football shoe for mm-hmm. 16 games. That just doesn't happen. But they are paying people like James Harden. He signed that 10-year, $250 million shoe deal. That's $25 million a year uh, just for shoes. So Tiger Woods, still there at number 14. He earned $68 million this year, only $40,000 um, from golf. From, from golf. <laughs> And $68 million from endorsements. Still a huge revenue producer uh, on the outside. But here's number 16. This is a great example of what we're talking about, Ernie, in terms of marketability of football players. Josh Allen is 16 because he signed his big extension. Mm-hmm. It, he had a lot of cash up front. So he made $63 million, uh, $67 million this year. $63 million from the Bills. Only $4 million outside of that. Wow. So he's number 16 on this list, but only $4 million as one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Only $4 million in endorsements I'm for surprised. him. He needs a new, he needs a new manager. He, <laughs> he, 
Josh, yep. call me. <laughs> and then I, I think at number 19 is when you have your first woman, uh, Naomi Osaka. She made $59 million this year, only $1 million from tennis. $58 million in endorsements good, for good, Naomi Osaka. For so she's she, your she, highest paid female athlete. Uh, and I think the anti-female person at this point in time, I think many people would agree. Uh, at number 21, Deshaun Watson. He made $56 million this year without playing at all. He made $56 million in the NFL and only $100,000 in endorsements. endorsements. <laughs> I'd, I'd be curious to see what that $100,000 came from. I, I was going to say that I thought every company dropped him. And, uh, you know, for Tiger Woods to still come up with $68 million in endorsements, you know, after his fiasco, even though that was, uh, it seems like uh, uh, decades ago, I mean, it, it shows. And if he didn't get divorced, you know, he would probably be the first active oh, billionaire. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then baseball. I mean, baseball guys make big bucks, but it's number 23 before anyone shows up. And that's Mike Trout. He made just under $50 million this year, $36 million from baseball, $14 million in endorsements. So that's the top baseball player. So again, soccer dominates the world's uh, athletes, as does the NBA, because you're right. The NBA is a global sport, and these guys have the most recognizable faces, whether it be the three soccer players or LeBron and, and Steph. Um I'm actually surprised that Kevin Durant was so high because mm. he doesn't have that same cachet. He's not doesn't have that same likability factor as Clay or LeBron. Um, but he's number six. So when are we going to be on this list, Ernie? As host of this podcast, when are we going to show up on this list? How how long is that list? Like, does it go into the millions? <laughs> <laughs> we might show up. <laughs> if, it, know, if it goes to the tens of millions, maybe we show up somewhere over there. Hey, even Jake Paul shows up on this oh list. Right? Even Jake Paul's on this list. Oh we we better stop while goodness. we're ahead. We oh better stop while we're ahead. Goodness. All right, Paul. gang. Anything else you want to talk about, Ernie? I'm good. Again, congratulations on your Celtics. One win apiece as we head to Boston for Game 3 on Wednesday. The Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors play two great games. Again, who would we pay? Ernie and I would pay nobody. We're too smart to make bad decisions. And again, the highest paid athletes in the world, Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, and LeBron. Soon, Aaron Donald will be on this list. <laughs> All right, gang. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. We appreciate your support, your feedback, your suggestions. And until next week, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Mm-hmm.